0: Teachers Care Society, a podcast that talks about all news and development in the educational field. We have a good show for you today as I'm joined by Brianna Thompson, a fifth grade teacher from Los Angeles, as we'll be discussing stress level with teachers and the stigma about being labeled emotional. So without further ado, let's jump right in. Frescas is Brianna Thompson, a fifth grade teacher from Los Angeles, California. And welcome to the show. First of all, how are you doing?
1: I'm good. Thank you for having me.
0: Crazy times are in right now, especially with all the pandemic that's going on. And I know the month of November just passed and you called that no school November with all the school days off. Well, what do you like to do on your days off?
1: Yes. Yes. You know, um, this past Thanksgiving break, I had a week off and it was the best break I've ever had being a teacher so far. Um, I really just listened to my body and I slept in a little bit, rode around on my bike, took my dogs on a walk, really just got out of the house and just had a really great time.
0: From my understanding, you have two dogs, right? Have you been resorting to them as sort of stress relief? I use mine as a therapy dog.
1: Yeah. Every day at lunch or maybe because now it's colder. So now I like to go on a walk with them every day after school. Have to.
0: You have a YouTube channel called Bree-to-Full Teaching. I love the play on words there. And it's something that you started about two years ago. And now you're a hundred videos later. Have you ever gone back to rewatch some of your older videos and sort of critique yourself?
1: Um, well, first of all, I can't believe it's been 100 videos. <laughs> and I can't believe how long it's been. It's It really has just flown by. And, you know, I do sometimes go back and watch them because each video just shows a very certain part of my life. And I just remember how I felt when I would make those videos back then. And I do like to revisit them sometimes. Um, Just to remember where I was and just where I was as a teacher, because I swear every single year is so different. Every single month is so different. It's truly a roller coaster.
0: So I got to ask, do you critique yourself pretty harshly inside and outside the classroom?
1: You know, being very honest, um, I personally give myself a lot of grace when I was not in a good environment. I noticed I was critiquing myself more because of the environment I was in, in a certain district or in a certain grade level. I was finding that I was critiquing myself more because I was being critiqued by other people. So that really did carry over to myself, but I'm working on that now that I'm teaching from home. I'm just working on giving myself grace again.
0: Well, on a positive note, I need to congratulate you on you earning your master's degree in curriculum and instruction. Do you think you would have enrolled if it was distance learning like most college students are doing right now?
1: Oh, that's so, that's a, such a hard question. Um, yeah, I, I would've because I, Knew I was going to get this done. Like it was on my list, on my list of things to do. Uh, and really, my master's degree was online, so I kind of learned a lot through that. Now that I teach online, I kind of run my class right now with my fifth graders. I try to run it more as like a college kind of setup. I give them a lot of freedom because I just feel like that worked for me with online learning and teaching. So I'm just trying it with them and it's working pretty well for the most part.
0: Well, the good thing is the older kids can adapt uh, much easier.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yes, they really are.
0: One quick look at your blog and even your teachers pay teachers website. And it's obvious Mm -hmm. that you love math and ELA, particularly writing. Is there any specific reason why you like those subjects the most?
1: Well, I love writing in particular because I love the freedom I have as a teacher to really just give the top any type of topic we could write on as a class. Um, I just love thinking about what the time of year it is. What could we possibly write about researching what we're writing first? And then that's where students can add in their own uh, opinions. And it's so fun to read student writing. I love it. I love just to see their ideas and what they think. It's I love it. Um, and I love ELA for the same reason, because ELA is just so, I feel like it just opens your mind so differently to different perspectives and different things that have happened, uh, different stories. I, I just love ELA instruction as well. I just love ELA and writing instruction.
0: Back when I taught a fourth grade classroom, I had these writing prompts in the beginning of the day and I try to keep them fun. Like, what would you do if you were president? What would you do if you could time travel, et cetera, et cetera? And the kids had a real good kick out of them.
1: Mm -hmm. I'm actually working on a big like writing pack of creative writing prompts because I love that. Like, I want my students to be. So creative because writing really has no boundary. So I want them to push those boundaries of creativity. And I'm currently working on something like that. And I'm hoping to have it up in summertime for the new year. And hopefully we're in person too. Um, But yeah, I just love seeing what's inside their minds and making it come to life with um, on paper.
0: So you made the daring jump from third grade to fifth grade. How's that been? Do you have any preference between the two grades?
1: Love it. I love fifth grade. I love fifth grade. You know, third grade was great. Um, it was my first year. I just didn't realize how little they were. Um, and I'm more of an older grade teacher. I would love to even jump into middle school. Um, I'm going to see, you know, where my path leads me, but I love fifth grade. I would love to teach fifth grade for a couple more years and then maybe jump into middle school. But I'm definitely an older school or an older grade teacher just because I love the, um, independence. And sometimes like my, I have a very dry sense of humor and my third graders just really didn't get it. And, you know, sometimes I would make a joke and they would get upset and I feel bad. I didn't mean for it. You know, I just have a very dry sense of humor. (sighs) So my fifth graders really just understand it a little better. And I just match well with older kids.
0: Yeah, I definitely like the older kids. Uh, And the reason because of that is because I have sarcastic type of humor and doesn't work so well with the younger kids. For example, I have a teacher friend whose favorite joke was when he was with the other kids saying that, Oh, I'm young at heart. I have a heart of a 12 year old and then pause, pause, pause. It's in a jar at home. And as you can see that joke, went you know, it was a hit with the other kids, but with the younger ones, they had no idea and they thought it was a creepy joke. <laughs>
1: Yeah, that's funny.
0: And with that joke out of the way, let's go ahead and jump into our first topic. And that is stress. We all have it. I'm definitely experiencing high levels of it. I don't know a single teacher who doesn't have any stress. And for me, what used to work for managing stress was just exercising, trying to stay an overall positive attitude. But that only worked for so long, especially since this pandemic is lasting or a lot mm-hmm. longer than anyone expected it. So what strategies have worked for you?
1: Well, right off the bat, um, when we first went into lockdown, I was completely devastated. Um, It just rocked my world. And I had to really figure out a different way of living my life. Um, I was living very fast paced and I wasn't taking in the moments day by day. I was constantly thinking about the future. Um, So when lockdown happened, Uh, my fiance is like, Hey, like, why don't you read? And this sounds crazy, but I was never a reader. I used to read when I was like in third grade, fourth grade, but I just fell off of reading. Um, I never really read for pleasure and I never really understood like how people could read for pleasure. Then I started reading and it truly changed my life. Um, I have read 11 books this year since April and I have put my phone down. I have not gone on social media for the first two hours of my morning. I, I have really chosen what I allow into my energy field um, because I can sense when I am stressed depending on what I look at. And just the power of reading and just really calming your mind and reading a book has changed my life. And I'm actually going to make a YouTube video about it um, because I'm really passionate about it. And I even said to myself, how can I, how can I expect my students to love reading when I don't love reading? So that was a challenge for myself. How am I going to get myself to love reading? I started to read and it has just been absolutely magical. And I actually started to read kind of like self-help books. And the self-help book talked about meditation. And I'm like, huh, interesting. You know, it kind of sounds kind of odd, but what is it exactly? And I started incorporating meditation into my everyday life. And that has been the biggest transformation in my life as well. Um, I meditate every day and I've actually been experimenting like when I do meditate. And right now I like to meditate right after I log off of school because I don't want my life I don't want my school to run into my everyday life. So when I meditate in the middle of school and, you know, taking care of my family and doing what I want to do after school, it's that separation of calming my mind and just calming my body because I was realizing I was going a million miles a minute in my head. And it created a lot of anxiety. And I have learned through meditation to calm my mind and to realize that a lot of things that have that were running through my head was like self-made in my mind and that wasn't reality. So that has been my biggest stress, stress management for sure.
0: So obviously your fiance lives with you and he notices these changes, but has anyone else, maybe coworkers or friends notices these changes?
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I don't really, I don't remember the last time I've seen my coworkers. I last time I saw my coworkers, I think was for like the fifth grade graduation drive-by But, and this is, this is another thing as well. Like I can't, like right now, I feel like during COVID and during our second lockdown in LA County, I feel like I'm almost in a cocoon like i'm just working on myself working on myself and i know when i go back into the classroom i'm going to be a completely transformed teacher because prior to covid and getting um going into lockdown that first time you could see in my youtube videos my youtube videos leading up were i'm burnt out i'm so stressed I don't know if I want to be a teacher anymore. That was going through my head. And it's so upsetting because a lot of that was kind of self-made in my head. Um, And it was just a constant run, run, run in my head. And now I cannot wait to go back into the classroom. Like I cannot wait till that day comes. And just to be like, I just feel like I'm going to have such a different appreciation for my job and for the kids and even all these little weird hiccups that happen in the classroom. Like I'm just going to have such a greater appreciation for it.
0: Wow. And I'm really curious to know what your new year's resolutions are going to be. I'll ask you about a month.
1: Oh yes. Right. I know I'm actually going to sit down in a little bit in a couple weeks, I think, and actually write down my goals because I'm really into goal setting. So yeah.
0: So earlier you said you liked the fast lifestyle and I know earlier in your youth days, you had a successful run mm-hmm. playing softball in high school and I think you traveled to Europe, even representing the United States. If you weren't teaching, uh-huh. would you have been a professional softball player or what, what would you have been doing instead?
1: You know, uh, no, because I realized, um, you know, I played in high school. I played all my youth, I realized once it was time to go to college, I played at junior college. I went out of like my hometown and I lived on my own in Orange County. And I realized that if I continued to play softball and go to school and support myself, I would be in mountains of debt and I didn't want to be in debt. So I'm like, okay, it's time to like be done with softball because at that point it wasn't fun to me anymore. I truly played for the fun. So yeah, I it was just like an easy transition for me because I wanted to work. I wanted to work and make money.
0: Well, you definitely made the right choice, and I think everyone agrees with that, especially your students. So there, there's a study that came about two years ago by University of Missouri that was published in the Journal of Positive Behavior Interventions that revealed that 93% of elementary school teachers reported experiencing high levels of stress. And this research study asked 121 elementary school teachers, K-24, in urban Midwestern school district. And basically, the researchers wanted to know their level of burnout, stress, efficacy, and most importantly, coping. And this is important because, yes, teachers and people in general have stress. But the key thing is for figuring out how do we deal with it? And if you're going to have high levels of stress, we also want high coping abilities, meaning we can handle these high levels of stress. And what this means is sometimes stress is good for us. Sometimes it motivates us or sometimes it motivates me as well to do a little bit better. But anyway, what do you think the results were of this study?
1: You know, um, I feel like a lot of teachers or people in general don't know how to cope with stress. And I feel like it, I think the results of this study would be that stress overran them.
0: So yes, you're right. Basically, teachers that had high levels of stress and high coping abilities was basically non-existent. It just, there's no teachers like that and no surprise there. And if you're really, really, really curious about the percentage of teachers who did report having low levels of stress and high levels of coping with their jobs was about 7%. Mm -hmm. So what does this mean? Well, it's supposed to be a big wake-up call to help teachers and how to have them handle stress. Um, I talked earlier how exercise Mm -hmm. tried to Help me out with staying, you know, positive and as a coping strategy, but it just turns out a lot of teachers don't know how to cope with stress. And this is pre pandemic. So I can only imagine the results during the pandemic out of all your teacher friends. Are you the one that provides coping strategies and, and advice? Or are you the one asking for how to cope with stress?
1: You know, this year, I would say, especially with remote teaching, um, I have been the teacher who helps with the coping of stress uh, because I've been working on it with myself. So, uh, yeah, I would say I'm the person that is helping my team cope with the stress because there is so much we can't control. So there is really no reason to stress about it because it hinders us.
0: Yeah, you're absolutely right. And for me, I feel I am the one that usually provides that stress relief or the other teachers come to bed mm-hmm. with me. And I've been back to I mean, it's not all uh, fine and dandy with me. And you and I both came into this field knowing that this profession is stressful and for new teachers who are coming into this job and they think this is okay, like, oh, mm-hmm. this is the right amount of stress, like this is part of the job. And they just kind of shrug it off because they think it's like I said, it's all part of the job when it really it's not. Um, what would you say to them, actually?
1: You know what? Um, oh, this is a loaded question because I did not know what stress was until my first year of teaching. I did not know. I realized what stress was when I felt it in my body. Um, I I just remembered all the tension in my shoulders. And it was just, it was so debilitating because then I would lash out my kids. So it's a true trickle down. Unhappy teacher, it's going to trickle down in the classroom. And um, what I would say to them is, man, I, the number one thing I would say is cut it off at 4 p.m. Or whatever time or do what you can do because you have a life outside of school. Like you have a life outside your job. And I'm even really forcing myself as well. Like I'm not going to work past my contract time. Why should I have to do that? I shouldn't. If you know, that's another thing as well. We, we feel like we have all this stuff to do, but we have to be honest with ourselves and just say, okay, I can only get this these things done in my contract time. Like I do not work for free. If you want me to work more, then add to my contract time and pay me for that. That's kind of where I'm at because I, I, my first two years of teaching, I went way above my contract time and I was stressed out. But once I put that time on, I am done at three 30, I'll go 30 minutes over my contract time. I'll go 45, but I'm not going over an hour. I'll go a little bit, just a little bit but not over, you know, that's, yeah. So that helps the most is setting. This is what I'm going to get done. Cut it off at this time and enjoy your life. Don't work on the weekends. I refuse to work on the weekends, by the way, as well. (sighs) It just helps. Yeah. It just helps with the stress level because you can only get so much done. And I never realized that until my first year of teaching what that actually meant.
0: And now I'm curious, to know, which category do you think you fall under? Do you have high stress with high coping skills, high stress Mm -hmm. with low coping skills or just low stress and high levels of coping skills, which means you are one lucky person.
1: Okay. So currently right now, I would say, man, it it really varies day by day. But if I do feel high stress, because it has happened, I literally have to cool out. And then I have a, I would, you know what? I would just say medium and medium. Medium stress with medium coping right now. I don't feel like I'm a master, but I'm way better than what I was before.
0: Oh, good. You're like one of those, uh, before and after, uh, testimonies where it was really bad in the beginning and now, you know, you're way, way better now. But for me, I, it does vary as well. Um, there's some days where I think
1: yeah.
0: there's high levels of stress, like parent conference weeks or, uh, around triennials. So, yeah. But Another thing I do want to mention is I actually do think that high levels of stress and coping skills actually starts with administration. And at my school, I'm very happy that I have a very supportive administration who constantly check in with me and everyone. And they send these emails and phone calls and texts and all these other resources. And I know it's genuine because it's not like a generic email or generic uh, reach out. And I like knowing that. I like knowing they have a a strong team, and I always offer help as well, particularly our psychologist and our math coach. And overall, it's a great team. And this is me being new to the district, and I'm just very grateful for that. Do you feel administration sets the tone for how teachers are perceived and how they're supportive? 100% 100%.
1: 100% 100%. Um, I came from a place where I felt like, oh, you know, when I first started teaching, I started on an emergency permit. So I was taking 19 units of college during my first year of teaching, going to night class three days a week, I was burnt to a crisp. And it just seemed like I didn't have that support and I just it just made the stress so much worse because I didn't have anyone to confide in or ask for help and not feel like or feel comfortable asking for help. So that definitely adds on to stress.
0: So one thing I do think is often overlooked is that when our students are stressed and teachers uh, were stressed as well. And we worry for our students. It's part of the job. I worry for their families and especially with the pandemic that is happening right now, I worry even more. And it's just because we care for our students, we want them to succeed. And I'm teaching via distance learning. And you know, just because at the end of the day I turn off the microphone, I turn off the camera. I try my best to leave my work at work, but I still worry for them um, mm-hmm. because I want them you know, to be doing well. And I know there's families that are struggling with a pandemic. Do you have moments where students their worries and their stress swabs off to you and you start thinking about them throughout the day
1: yes absolutely I think that's just part of teaching because I feel like teachers are very giving people and we worry that's why we're teachers we love the kids and I absolutely do I absolutely
0: and I think the kind of brings it back to our administrations, helps set the tone for mental health in the school and this whole school environment. And I think it's the same thing for us, creating the safe environment for our kids. You know, we need to be strong. They look up to us and I also think it's okay and actually encourage to, to actually acknowledge to a certain extent that stress is something that I'm going through and that everyone is going through. I try to be strong for the students and for their families. And sometimes when I don't know the answer, I let them know like, Hey, I don't know the answer. Let me get back to you. And I let the families know that we'll get through this all together. And I want to show that humanity side of you know myself that I'm stressed and it's okay. Mm-hmm. And teachers are vulnerable. And I know that students and families know that. Is there a similar situation with you and your students?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, really with distance learning and a positive that I've seen from it is I have such a different, um, viewpoint and perspective on truly it's a team effort from everyone. So, you know, the saying it takes a village to raise a child. Absolutely. I totally 100% see it from a completely different perspective, um, post pandemic or mid pandemic compared to pre
0: and yeah, you're absolutely right about it, taking a village to raise a child, and you know part of that village is the administration, and the principals, and I can only imagine how they're trying to handle everything, trying to handle the stressed out teachers, trying to handle the stressed out families and students. And I do like how supportive my school is and the environment where teachers can feel like they can reach out without feeling judged or being perceived as weak. And I know this is really important for new teachers who maybe are afraid of speaking up or don't want to talk because maybe mental health or stress is a, is a stigma and they don't want to feel like they're getting judged or like they won't even get support. Um, the administration, they're, they're role models to us as well. And you know, role models, they can also show their vulnerable and it shows their humanity side as well. For you, why do you think teachers are more hesitant about sharing their stress and concerns to administration?
1: Um, I'll speak from my own perspective. And I just, I'm a little hesitant because I just don't know how I'm feeling and saying is going to be perceived. Um, And like I kind of have said in my YouTube channels, like just because I am venting does not mean I'm being negative about it. It doesn't mean I hate it or I don't like it. It's just, I need to vent and I need to talk about it. And you know, some people may not see it from that perspective. And that is a little scary. And at the end of the day, like those are our bosses. Uh, So I would say that's kind of it. Um, Yeah. It's just, you know, they're not on the same level as you and you are new. So you just don't know. It's very murky.
0: Part of this issue, I think is that teachers are afraid of being labeled as emotional or that being having stress has a back stigma. When in reality, emotions come and go, you know, one day I could feel happy. The next day I could feel upset. And then, you know, Friday I could feel happy all over again. So as you can see, this it's just emotions. And I know, you know, some emotions might last a little bit longer than the others. And there's nothing wrong with expressing emotions. Now I'm shifting the topic a little bit because one of the biggest arguments I've heard about, Teachers is that oh they get the summer off you know, they they shouldn't be too stressed out and that always bothered me and there was a study last year by the National Foundation for Educational Research that found that two out of five teachers are actually dissatisfied with their amount of leisure time compared to thirty two percent of those in a similar profession. And this is because teachers actually work more intensively over a few weeks of the year, which leads to a poor work-life balance and higher stress levels amongst teachers. Have you heard a complaint about this, how teachers, they get the summer off? And what have you said to the situations like that?
1: Who, you know, I have not really heard about complaints like this, not to my face, but, you know, on the outskirts of like social media, I've heard this. But I would just say I'm only paid for 185 days. That's what I'm being paid for. 185 days. So when I work on my summer, I'm not getting paid for that. When I work off my contract time, I'm not getting paid for that. And yes, summers off is absolutely amazing, but we need that because, um, I've again, I've said this on my YouTube channel teaching literally empties your bucket and your energy out. It's like pouring your energy to 30 plus kids. It's absolutely draining. And I don't have kids of my own right now. So like teachers need their own lives as well to recharge and to become whole themselves. So I would say teachers aren't getting paid for this. And you should just really thank teachers for in general what they do, because it is hard
0: I definitely think when this whole pandemic is over and we're all back in the classrooms, everyone will feel mm-hmm. a greater appreciation for teachers mm-hmm. and how much they actually do.
1: hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. And that is definitely probably going to be a positive coming out of this um, pandemic. Absolutely.
0: Now for me, I'm actually glad that I'm only teaching one method and that's via distance learning and not uh, hybrid, how some teachers are doing. Personally, I definitely prefer teaching in person, um, but I've heard crazy stories of the expectations that districts place on their teachers wanting them to teach hybrids teaching both in person and online and we already know teachers are being stretched thin with all the responsibilities that we want them to do and definitely there was that honeymoon phase when teachers they were allowed to teach back in school but that didn't last too long because They had to teach both online and in person. As you can see, there is a lot of complications with that. Essentially, it's double the work. So with that being said, do you think you could do something like that? Teach hybrid, teach in person and online?
1: Um, Honestly, probably not, because I don't feel like that's even... I, I feel like that's not even effective because you, how we teach in person is nothing how we teach online. So, yeah, no.
0: <laughs> well, at least in Minnesota, the Governor Tim Walz was able to recognize that. And he recognized the huge burden that teachers have trying to teach both online and in person. And so he recently signed an executive order, basically strongly discouraging schools from requiring teachers to do this. And instead, the students learning remotely Mm -hmm. could work at their own time. And basically, the governor's order also requires schools to give teachers an extra 30 minutes of planning uh, per day, planning time per day. And this comes because Waltz himself was a former teacher and realizes the enormous pressure they have. So this is why he signed this order. So what do you think about this order?
1: Amazing. Good for Minnesota. Absolutely. Here in California, uh, we're having talks of having to um, continue with the CASP assessment. So I hope California kind of reads off what Minnesota is doing. That would be nice.
0: That would definitely be nice. So if Governor Newsom is listening to this, well, you heard it here first. Now, would you accept a situation where it's less instruction time and more preparation time?
1: Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs>
0: well, no hesitation there.
1: Um, yeah. Because when, um, I even think, you know, about planning, the number one thing I didn't realize coming into teaching is how long planning actually takes. I never realized how long planning takes, especially in the beginning of your career. Cause you have no idea what you're doing. It took me like my entire weekend And I don't get like as much prep as I would love. And I just think about, imagine if we had like one day of no kids a week. I literally have thought in my head, like, can you imagine if we had a Wednesday off just to prep, just to grade? Imagine how much our lessons would improve and our moods would improve. Like it would be beneficial for everyone. And even maybe, I don't know, just thinking about this on the top of my head, maybe coming back from this pandemic, maybe it would be realized that it would be so nice if we had one day a week that teachers get to plan and students can work on asynchronous work at home because they're doing that anyways right now. So just an idea.
0: (laughs) An idea that I think everyone would agree with, and it turns out that most local unions in Minnesota said they also wanted less live teaching, shorter work days and more planning time during this pandemic Then. Can't blame it. Totally makes sense. And the governor also said that schools can cancel classes for as many up to five wow. days in order to prepare for changes in instruction mode caused by either a rise or fall in COVID cases. And I do like this flexibility because I think that schools sometimes rush to get out of the plan. And sometimes these plans are not the most well thought out plans and just because there's that pressure on the districts to get something out there. And with that, what changes would you make to your school's current plan?
1: Oh, um, I okay. I would allow for planning time because we don't have enough currently. Um, We are so tight on planning and they want us to have intervention like they're really pushing intervention. And, you know, it's we're making all of our lessons from scratch. Um, Especially being 100% online. And we didn't really have the opportunity to even hand packets out or work packets of work, nothing. So the kids are 100% online. And that's why in my TPT store, I was like, okay, I need to like create 100% online digital, like Google uh, classroom, Google slide um, lessons. And I'm currently just really like expanding those out because there's no need to rush. In my opinion, like the kids are learning like probably 10% of what they would in the classroom. And there's so much technological problems. And that's just one of those things where you kind of think of what can you control? What can you not control? Why, why would I want to load so much stress on my students? everything's going to be fine. We're all going to go back to school eventually. And then, you know, hopefully education changes by that time. Like they reconstruct a lot because they're going to need to. But yeah, so just, um, I would just love more planning time. I really would. And more time to uh, grade would be fantastic.
0: And that's another thing they don't tell you about in your teacher preparation program all the time you spend grading.
1: Yeah. You know, I really don't mind grading if I have the time, because if you think about it, when we grade, we need to be technically analyzing the data. So like if I'm feeling rushed to grade, that hinders my job as a teacher to teach my class. So I do like uh, Minnesota's ideas and uh, what they're Um, pushing out. Amazing. Good for Minnesota.
0: (laughs) Yeah, good for Minnesota. And then for those who are curious, the other topics covered in the executive order uh, included strongly discouraging districts from reporting students as truant until all efforts to engage the truant students and their families have been exhausted. So call, phone call, and I think even visit and another one was not suspending students who refused to wear a mask and just instead enroll them in distance learning. Problem solved. And also districts that are not fully open, but are providing some type of in-person activities. They had to prioritize students with disabilities who cannot be served well via distance learning. So this allows mm-hmm. young students with developmental delays to continue receiving special education services uh, during this emergency, even if they age out of the program. So with that being said, as we were wrapping Mm -hmm. this episode up, is there any advice that you would give to new teachers or those just even thinking about entering the field of education, especially Mm -hmm. during the pandemic that is happening right Mm -hmm. now?
1: So, I tell this to new teachers all the time, um, like in person, but the best way I learned about teaching was from YouTube. Uh, I highly, highly encourage anyone who wants to become a teacher or any new teachers, go on YouTube. Look at how other teachers teach, like in real time, because I learned so much more from YouTube than I ever did in my credentialing school. And that was from teachers, because in the classroom. So, I would say, watch YouTube and just enjoy it because I when I was in my credentialing school even before credentialing school uh, in my undergrad I fell in love with teacher tube fell in love and that's why I wanted to um, join the teacher tube life as well and I did and I love it
0: well I want to give a big thank you to you Brianna Tumblin, for being guest today and guests that can see your YouTube channel or breathe to full teaching.
1: Thank you for having me. I had an awesome time. I loved it.
0: And with that being said, this has been another episode of Teachers Care Society. I want to say thank you to
1: our guests and most importantly, you, the listeners. See you next time.